Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel and Hookset. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. Of joy that only God can bring. Right? The world has all sorts of things that try to produce or manufacture this, this temporary happiness, but God has a deep-seated joy that He wants to give us through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as believers, you know, as a believer in Christ, we're all, we're all sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, but if we're not displaying these things in our lives, it's because we're not yielding to Him in our lives. So you can be filled with the Spirit, but you've got you to gotta yield and submit to this fruit in your life because he, he wants to push it out, right? But we've got to get out of the way for Him to shine it through us. Three, peace. Who doesn't want peace these days? This is security, safety. This is, we could say, to be safe from harm in spirit, mind, and body. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to face persecutions and difficulties and trials. What it means is, is just like joy, this is, there's this internal calmness and peace in the midst of the storm. That only comes by, uh, by uh, the outcome of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You know, there's a, there's a painting contest that someone wanted to get the perfect painting of peace. And so we had a contest, and it came down to these two these two um, contestants, one, one of them had a picture that was, you know, it was just like perfectly serene. It was like a beachfront with, you know, still water in the background. And it just, it looked like the, you know, birds chirping in the air. It looked like a perfect picture of peace. And everybody was like, yeah, that's the winner. But then they unveiled another painting. And it was, the picture was, was like, you know, these, these stormy waters and dark clouds and thunder and lightning. And yet, over the water was a tree, and inside that tree was a, was a bird who created a little nest with his, with his, with his babies and, and eyes closed covering the babies. And they said, that's the winner because this bird found peace in the midst of that storm. And it's the same thing for us. Peace isn't everything is going perfect. The fruit of the Spirit peace is that inside of you, there's this calm assurance because of your relationship with Christ. Because you're standing upon the rock and nothing can shake you from that. Jesus gives us peace. He tells us, John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world give do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And in John 16, it says something similar. He said, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Peace. Do, do you or do others, can they see the fruit of peace in your life, in your speech, in your character? The opposite of peace is worry. Ooh, I know. A lot of these hit home, right? Like, we're all imperfect. 
So these things show up in our lives. The goal here this morning is to identify the fruit of the Spirit so that when situations come on that cause you to worry or cause you to um, you know, have selfish love or to, to, to cause you to um, you know, display the work of the flesh that the Spirit of God will remind you to say, this is, this is the outcome of the Spirit that you can yield to. The devil's world, the, uh, the, the devil of the world's imitation of peace, I would say, and I'm sure there's, some other, there's a bunch of things we could put here, but I would say distractions. Instead of peace, some people have trouble with silence just because um, they don't have peace. In some cases, not always, but a lot of people. And so they have distractions to keep them busy so they don't have to think about their life or the, the issues or the problems that they're dealing with. But God wants to give you a peace where you can lay your head down at night and be safe and secure and peaceful. That only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit, peace, something people in scores are searching for. It's not like you can buy more at the store. Yes, there's an open door for the rich and the poor. It doesn't just increase when wars cease. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Peace with any situation, through any tribulation, in your vocation or on your vacation, it's based on relation that brings emancipation through Jesus, the desire of all nations. Enjoy the release, the fruit of the Spirit. Peace. Is that displayed in your life? Long-suffering. This is patience, endurance, perseverance, forbearance. This is kind of where it turns now, the fruit of the Spirit, to how we deal with other people. Right? Long-suffering, we could say it's patience with the shortcomings of others. Or it's patience or perseverance with difficulties in your life. Or with difficult people in your life. How patient, how well do you suffer along with people that are annoying? Or that rub you the wrong way or lash out at you? This is a good, this is a good um, test right, to see if you're walking in the Spirit. Is, is when someone comes up to you next time that you're really annoyed by but you're able to sincerely show them long-suffering rather than the opposite, which is quick-tempered or easily irritated. Right? That's the opposite of long-suffering is quick-tempered, easily irritated. Right? I think we're all guilty of that. God's long-suffering to us. And these are all based, the fruit of the Spirit and how we can display those is all based on what Christ and what God has shown us through Christ. Like long-suffering, Romans 2, 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? It's because of God's long-suffering that some of us have come to know Jesus Christ personally as our Savior. How many, how many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us, maybe I should say, say it that way, how many of us have like just, you know, been really a mess and broken and we probably should have died and you know but yet God in his long suffering he allowed you to come to a place where you could repent and trust Christ as your savior that's his long suffering that's his mercy right he has been he has suffered long with our shenanigans right and so can we not do the same for others well we can this is where our relationship with Christ comes into play. When we're spending time with God in His Word, we get to know God more. We understand His long-suffering. We're reminded of His long-suffering to us. It's a lot easier to show it to somebody else. But when we get away from God's Word, when we get away from spending time with Him, we forget 
how He saved us. We forget how He has shown us His long-suffering. And then we get easily irritated and, and we say, you know, why can't that person get it together? And, you know, why are they going to be so annoying? And, you know, how come that person, you know, isn't perfect yet? You know, we forget the long-suffering that God has had with us. This happens a lot when someone comes to Christ and then they get excited for God and they start serving Him and getting involved, and, but they don't see everyone else so excited and involved. And, and they kind of forget, like, where they were and, like, you got to, you know, God gives us long-suffering and grace. We get to show that same thing to others. And consider, it says in 2 Peter 3.15, that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Choose to walk in the Spirit and be long-suffering. Do you see or can others see the fruit of long-suffering in your life, in your speech, in your character? Or are you always quick-tempered, easily irritated? Number five, kindness. We see everywhere, be kind, be kind. It's kind of like the, the thing to do now in the world, which Christians should, always, should have always been doing, right? We all know what kindness means. We could also, it's also kind of translated softness in manners, sweetness of disposition, outward display of gentleness. It's kind of the, encaptures what this kindness fruit means, is this gentleness, this kindness, this being considerate and friendly of others around you, right? Again, God's kindness to us, Titus 3, 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared. The kindness and love of God towards us. Ephesians 2, 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Do people see kindness in your life? This gentleness, this being considerate of others around you and not just kind of being on your own mission and not caring about this or about that. That's kindness. Someone mentioned to me this morning a story about how they were driving and someone, I think it was like someone was broken down on the road and they were able to stop by and help them and ended up getting into a gospel conversation. That's, that's showing kindness. Now you have to be wise too, but that's showing kindness. Giving every time your energy. I like, um, in con considering if, you, if you're familiar with Tim Keller, apologist and pastor who passed away Friday, he said this about compassion, which falls in line with kindness. He said, if your compassion is going to resemble God's, you must abandon a cozy world of self-protection. God's compassion meant he could not stay perched above the circle of earth and simply feel bad for us. He came down. He took on a human nature. He literally stepped into our shoes and into our condition and problems and walked with us. If you have a friend who's going through a really hard time, don't be too busy to spend time with them. Walk with them through the suffering. Of course, you're going to weep. It's going to hurt. But that's what God did for you. The opposite of kindness is harshness or roughness. Choose to walk in the Spirit and be kind. Do you see or can others see the fruit of kindness in your life, in your speech, in your character? And then number six, goodness. Goodness is more of, it has the kindness aspect, but it's more of uh, um, being generous, being benevolent, you know, promoting um, 
the health of and wealth of others. In other, in other words, being you know giving up your time, your resources, being a, a good person in this instance means to uh, be be kind to others in the sense of giving. Um, it's the kind of goodness that that does that doesn't just talk to talk but walks the walk. And I'll reiterate by saying all the all these are the fruit of the spirit. Goodness, like all the other fruit, is the outcome of God's Spirit working within us. You cannot put it on. You can, you can fake it. But it has to be um, from the power of the Spirit within us. God's goodness to us, we, can, we could quote a thousand verses on that. Psalm 107, 8 and 9 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. You see, all of this... All these fruit are displaying the character of God and how God displayed that character through Jesus Christ to us. And this is why it's just natural or supernatural that when we're walking in the Spirit, that, that describes us and our character. Not, not perfection we're talking about here, but we're talking about striving to, to more consistently have that fruit appear in our lives. And that fruit appears more in our lives the healthier our relationship gets with Christ and with others. The opposite of the fruit of goodness is meanness or being stingy with your time, talent, resources. Um, I think the devil's invitation of the world's is, you know, giving when it benefits you, your finances, your reputation, right? It's a lot of that, like, you know, if you give this, then you'll get this much back. Like, giving in this sense is just like love. It's, it's without thought of return. It's like you're doing it because you're doing it for God, right? And it's the Spirit of God moving in you. Next, faithfulness, number seven. Faithfulness is very similar to faith, obviously. It takes faith to be faithful. It's conviction of truth. It's, it's the character of one who can be relied upon. Faithfulness, continued loyalty. It's a... It's uh, someone that has a, a, a level of confidence in what Christ has done and will do in, through, and for us. The Bible talks a lot about the operation of faith in our lives. We're supposed to walk by faith. We're supposed to take the shield of faith. We're supposed to stand fast in faith. We're supposed to fight the good faith. We're supposed to live by faith. Galatians 5, 6, that faith is, works through love. So there again, love is mixed with everything. So this faith is this... Uh, is this continuing to be steadfast in our lives, to be faithful to God, to His Word, uh, faithful to God in our lives, in our ministry, and just displaying faith that's solid on the rock of Christ. This is the fruit uh, of faithfulness. It's, this fruit of faithfulness is also like besides the, the thing with the fruit of the Spirit I meant to mention this earlier. Often when we say, hey, do you see the, you know, are you seeing uh, the effects of the Spirit moving, right? It's like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of it. You know, people automatically go to like some of the big things you would see, like the big spiritual gifts, like, oh, that's evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about here, this is the day-to-day, -day, you know, one foot in front of the other grind in our day. This is how we display the fruit of the Spirit. So, yes... You can look at those other movements of the Spirit, how the Spirit will, you know, uh, anoint a, a certain effort, 
But if you want to look at the day-to-day, like the boots on the ground, it's the fruit of the Spirit in someone's life. You can talk the talk and you can you know, try to look like you're doing all these great things, but if you're not long-suffering, if you're not, we'll get into humility, if you're not humble, if you're not, you know, loving others with unselfish love, then you can talk all the talk you want, but you're not living day by day walking by the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. So this is an important aspect because this is the day-to-day in our lives. The opposite of faith or faithfulness is doubt, unbelief, It's growing weary and well-doing. Choose to walk in the Spirit and be faithful. Do you see or can others see the fruit of faithfulness in your life? The devil, the world's imitation, I believe, of faithfulness or faith is religion. I believe that's the devil's opposite because you can be religious um, but not be walking by faith. Religion is set up, so it's a set of rules, just like Paul's talking to the people in Galatia. It's a set of rules that people follow, so, okay, I know I'm doing this, 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 and that. But it doesn't take faith to follow a list of rules. It's just duty. It's, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, so I'll do it. Eighth is gentleness. This is, can be translated in meekness, gentleness, humility, um, you know, gentleness is not, and meekness is not weakness, as most of us heard. It's, it's a trait of gentleness and humility. It's the opposite of pride. Meekness does not refer to weakness or passivity, necessarily, but to controlled power. It's, it's having power and strength and yet restraining using it. It's, it's not always having to be the one that's you know, that's out in the front. It's not the person that always has to flex their muscles and say, I'm the most powerful, you know. It's not the one that always has to promote themselves. It's not hear me roar, hear me loud. It's not always about your rights. You know, we get so caught up sometimes. It's my right to do this, my right to do that. We're Americans. Yes, true. But God also said that we have freedom, but make sure we're careful how we use our freedom not to cause our brother to stumble. So we've got to be careful. Meekness, gentleness is not always asserting your rights or always asserting, you know, you know the answer, so you always got to be the one. Meekness in, uh, is, is being able to step back and to allow others to shine. It says that Moses in the Old Testament was the meekest man in the earth. He led so many people through the wilderness, escaping from Egypt, and yet he was meek. The opposite of gentleness or meekness is pride or self-promotion. Choose to walk in the Spirit and be gentle and meek. Do you see or others, can others see the fruit of gentleness in your life, in your speech, in your character? And then, lastly, self-control. Because that's a good place to finish on. Self-control, right? That kind of wraps up what we've been talking about. The flesh versus the spirit. Self-control is mastering your desires and passions. The biblical literal definition is self-control. But obviously, this fruit of self-control is the fruit of the spirit. So we could rightly say it's spirit control, 
But in essence, we could say all the fruit of the Spirit is spirit control, right? Because it's the outcome of being filled with the Spirit. So we could say it's to be spirit controlled in all of life's pleasures. Now, I want us to understand this matter of self-control isn't just denying ourselves of things, right? I like the way that uh, Steve Currington put this. He said, life as given by God offers many pleasures. However, the devil seeks to take those pleasures and turn them into objects of lust. To fully enjoy the benefit God offers, we must yield to the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. Many Christians fail to cultivate this fruit, opting rather to just reject most of life's pleasures in an attempt to control the temptation. So what he's saying is, the reason why we have the fruit of the Spirit self-control is because not all pleasures that this world has to offer is bad or sinful. So sometimes what happens is Christians, they get saved and they try to reject themselves of any pleasures, uh, very monk-like, and yet it just, when temptation comes, like, they have no idea how to handle it. But when you're walking by the Spirit and you have the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, you're able to enjoy the pleasures that God allows you to enjoy. That's not sinful. And you'll be able to be controlled by Him to stay away from those areas that He doesn't want you involved with. So again, Paul is contrasting the law, the flesh, versus the Spirit and faith. Back to Galatians 5.16, where we started, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do you operate with self-control in our lives? Is you walk in the Spirit. The opposite of self-control is self-indulgence. Do others see the fruit of self-control in your life, in your speech, in your character? What's the devil's or the world's imitation of self-control? What's that? someone said something. Willpower. You hear it a lot. You just got to buckle up, try harder. You know, willpower, as anyone knows that struggle with addictions, willpower only gets you so far. Everybody has a different level of willpower, but eventually that fails you. And you need something else. In this case, we need God. We need the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. So let's bring it back around to the beginning as we close here. <clears throat> says, after all the fruit of this, he lists the fruit of the Spirit. He says, now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So he said, after he describes the fruit of the Spirit, he says, here are some things that we should have done or that we should do. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So three things we can kind of apply as a as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. First thing is we need to crucify the flesh. So, you know, crucifixion hurts. It's painful. Same thing when we deny ourselves of our fleshly desires. You know, when you want to really retaliate against someone and the Spirit is saying no, it's painful to reject what your flesh wants to do and to humble yourself. You know, when God moves on your heart to be good to somebody, but in your flesh, you want to keep it all for yourself, like that, that, that hurts. And when it comes to sin in our lives, the same thing. You know, our body wants to do one thing, but our spirit wants to do another. It's going to hurt to crucify, but, I, but it has to be violent. The flesh doesn't give up. 
We cannot walk in the Spirit if our flesh is being fed. Right? Flesh and the Spirit, like they said, is like two dogs. Flesh is uh, one dog, the Spirit's the other dog. Whoever you feed the most is going to win the battle. And if we're constantly feeding the flesh and walking in the flesh, even if it seems like it's good things we're doing, but we're doing it on our own power, the flesh is going to get stronger and the Spirit's going to get weaker. And so we have to crucify the flesh and then walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit means take repeated steps in obedience to God and His Spirit. So that's His Word, because the Spirit wrote the Word, and that's when the Spirit is leading you in certain areas, when you have situations you need, and you, you know you need to display the fruit of the Spirit to yield and obey to the Spirit rather than the flesh. And then he tops it off by saying, and stay humble, stop being so conceited. Don't get conceited when you start walking in the Spirit, because it's not about you, it's about Him. And as we close there, there is two ways we can approach this message. There's a couple of different ways. Number one is, if you're a believer, I want to encourage you to consider the fruit of the Spirit in your lives. I know it was a long list. There was nine things. We had to go through it quick. I want you to go back and read those in Galatians. If you're a believer in Christ, are you seeing at least a little bit of that fruit coming out of your life? Are you seeing moments of when, you know, there's situations where you could act in the flesh, but by the Spirit of God, you were able to display the fruit of the Spirit? I hope so. I hope you're at least seeing a little bit of it. If, if you're not, and if you have no idea whether you're being led by the Spirit or your flesh, then you really need to have a conversation with God and say, you know, God, search my heart, my thoughts. You know, or, or if you're, you're seeing yourself react more in the flesh than the spirit, then it's a time to come to God. Come to the altar and pray and say, God, forgive me for my work of the flesh. Forgive me for yielding to the flesh in my life. God, help me to be filled with your spirit. Lord, uh, lead me by your spirit. Help the fruit of the spirit to be displayed in my life, in my relationships. Because you can't do it alone. I, I certainly cannot do it alone. And I'm sure maybe some of you are, are better at it than me. But listen, I need God. The Bible says without God we can do nothing. And it's true. When it comes to operating in the Spirit, it's not by your own trying harder and good works. It's by getting to know Jesus more and more. By building your relationship with Christ. And then guess what? That comes out of your life. Before you know it, you're going to, you'll, you'll be responding in long-suffering rather than being easily irritated because, not because you're trying harder, but because you're, you have this relationship with God that's growing and vibrant, right? It's like a healthy, like I said, a healthy tree that the roots are down deep and getting fed and nourished. When, when our, when our uh, tree of life, if you will, is being nourished by the Word of God and by our relationship with Christ, the fruit is going to show. It's not something you have to put on. But it is something we can be aware of in our lives. And knowing the fruit of the Spirit can help us recognize when we're going the opposite direction, right? When we start acting the more of the works of the flesh, and we're like, well, I'm not, obviously I'm not in the Spirit. I'm in the flesh. So I encourage you as a believer, if the Lord leads you, come down, have a conversation with God. Those that are here that 
Uh, maybe this is all new to you and maybe you've never trusted Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior. You've never experienced maybe the love of God, the joy that God can give you, the peace that He can give you through a personal relationship with Him. Would you come down and I'll be glad to share with you more about the gospel or if God's working in your heart even now and you know you're a sinner. The Bible says, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. But before God, we're undone and there's, there's nothing we can do to find favor with God. No matter if we try to operate under the fruit of the Spirit, even you know, in our own power, like there's nothing we can do that's good enough to find favor with God because He's done everything when He died on the cross for our sin. He said, it is finished. Like that's the, that's the payment for our sin is Jesus on a cross. And he said, if you will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and trust and call upon me, I will save you. He says, him that comes to me, I will no wise cast out. In other words, if you are, have a mind to come to Christ and to trust him as your personal savior, all you got to do is from your heart call out to him, receive that gift of salvation. And we can show you how to do that this morning. We can have all eyes closed for a minute. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this time you've given us. Lord, uh, forgive us of just the, the areas in our lives and the day-to-day -day where we, we're, we're trying to do things in our own power. And Lord, uh, I know you look at us sometimes and you're like, listen, why don't you get in the path of the wind? Like, stop fighting against me and submit to the fruit. Allow me to work through you. God, we want you to shine through us, God. Lord, we want to be a compelling people to a lost and dying world. Lord, there's nothing more compelling than to your, your fruit and your character to shine through us. There's someone here that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, God. Put your conviction. Bring your faith to their hearts that they could trust you and accept you as their personal Savior. And us who are believers, Lord, may we just see the, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful gift you've given us to be able to operate and to have the outcome of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. What peace, what joy, what love, what faithfulness, what long-suffering, what gentleness and goodness and kindness and self-control you have gifted us with if we'll just stay close to you. Lord, burn that in our hearts that we may walk after you and to walk by the Spirit and not fulfill the works of the flesh or the lust of our flesh. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do this, this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. One last thing as we sing is think about how compelling it would be for a people of God to be displaying the fruit of the Spirit in the world. Hey, all thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com, where you'll find helpful links and resources and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing.